The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. Are you dizzy yet? Is your seatbelt tightened? What the heck are you supposed to do when the markets seemingly go bonkers? I'm Patrice Sikora with your host, Tim Whistler. Tim, you are living this, and I've got to ask you first, have clients been calling? <laughs> well, Patrice, I'm actually very proud to say that I was able to reach out to more of them prior to them reaching out to me. Um, just with everything that's been going on, we have been watching everything that's been happening, obviously, incredibly closely. And I just, I just don't think that we are poised for a very good year, not to try to be doomsday, not to try to be glasses half empty type of a guy. But when you look at what's going on right now with in, in everyday living, I mean, inflation, number one, is extremely significant. I mean, this is very, very dangerous, especially for people who have certain number of you know levels of income coming in and all their purchasing power is being reduced by this. That's number one. Then number two, like we talked a couple of months ago, coming into the year 2022 and what the Fed was talking about doing. Well, they're doing it and look how the market's reacting. So I just think this is, a, is kind of an ideal time um, for us to have this conversation because as I've been reaching out to my clients, I literally just earlier this week sent out a video message to my clients where we do have funds that are not protected like we've talked before. They are in the stock market because again, we're going to talk about that today. What is that true balance of diversification? Mm -hmm. But for those clients who have money in the market that can ride the ebbs and flows. You know, we had a very, very serious heart to heart with many people and, and we're just kind of sitting off the sidelines right now in a lot of accounts. We just simply said, look, let, let's get out. Let's sit on the sidelines because of the fact, again, when you look at inflation, you look at where the market's at right now, you look at this continuing um, situation in, in the Ukraine where now there's people talking about we might, we as a United States might get sucked into this. I, who knows? You know, it's hard to, to really predict what's going on. So we're just trying to take that hedge of, of maybe some safety and maybe just kind of taking some of the element of volatility out, out of the picture as best we can. Well, talking about the markets and talking about the phases, if you are in the distribution phase right now, we'll get to that in a minute. You, mm -hmm. you really should be thinking. But if you're in the accumulation phase, is this not a kind of a buying opportunity? Absolutely. I mean, you know, as of this morning here, before we went on the, on the, on the podcast here, the market year to date is down 16%. Um, usually when people are going to go shopping for a car or for clothes or something like that, they're not waiting for it to go up in price. They want it to go on sale. Well, now's the time to buy it because you know when it does recover at some point, that's the big when and if it recovers, you know your, your dollar, your purchasing power can extend because you're now having an asset where you bought lower and you've, you uh, now own it a higher asset, an appreciated asset. So yeah, exactly right. This is not an opportunity for that. And in fact, what we're seeing across many different resources, consumers have trillions of dollars in cash right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think a lot of people are taking advantage of it while it's on sale. And, and that can obviously help a recovery as well, but we still have big picture, a lot of economic challenges facing us here in the next few days and years and well, hopefully not years, but months to come. Oh, but Tim, I'm diversified. <laughs> 
tell me, tell me, I'm diversified. I'm, 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 it's balanced. I'm protected, aren't I? Patrice, that is the million dollar question. I think that's what a lot of people have come to believe over all these years. I, I believe that they have followed the advice that's been given. And again, I take it, I take people back to, again, my start when I watched my mother pass away, it'll be 22 years, June of, of this year. And then what happened to my father financially there, you know, there shortly thereafter, and just the advice that he was given. He's a blue collar guy. He was an electrician for Caterpillar here in central Illinois, incredibly brilliant at what he, what he does. But just like most people, this is a very foreign language to a lot of people. So when we continue to follow all that we've ever, uh, ever, ever known and things don't go right, all of a sudden we get kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do? So this is where I really wanted to kind of hit on this today because we may be diversified, but does that, does that mean that we're necessarily safe? Okay. So can you see my screen? Okay, Patrice. I can see the screen where you're, uh, for those people who just have the, the audio, we'll explain what, what we are seeing and what you will be imagining in your head. But yes, I can see it very nicely. And it says the Whistler agency, the retirement road with Tim Whistler. How about that, huh? I, I don't have very creative juices, but that's the best I can do. But I thought the picture was kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's a road, folks. It's a road. It's a road. And yes, for those of you listening, if you get a chance to um, go to YouTube, search for Whistler While You Retire, subscribe to our channel. That way you can watch this, this video here that Patrice and I are sharing with everybody. But again, just quite simply, you know, what is the mission of what we do? We're simply here just to help people avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. Because just like we said before, and we've, we've talked about this so many times and we'll continue to harp on this subject. When you're in the distribution phase of life and you're now spending down assets that you spent decades saving for, it's so important to address and avoid as many risks as we can. So here's just a very small sample size of some risks. But unfortunately, <laughs> with where we sit right here, first part <laughs> of May. Several of, those, several of those things on the list we're dealing with, but please go through them. Right. I mean, here we are with market volatility. Market year to date is down 16%. Inflation is through the roof. Taxes, you know, again, that's, that's always on the minds of, of, of people because of what legislators are doing, which is at the very bottom the risk here. We've got legislative risk. I mean, look at how our lives can be significantly impacted by laws and lawmakers. Um, whether they have an economic bone in their body or not, we can still be significantly impacted by that. Healthcare expenses. You know, we've talked about Medicare, the short-term solution. We've talked about long-term care expenses, but those expenses are very real and we, we need to have a plan for those. I think it was episode 27, wasn't it, Patrice, somewhere around there? Talking sequence about, of, yeah, yep, talking about sequence of returns where we, where we use the, the, I think this is the second time we've turned the cameras on so that people can, you know, put, put a, put a face with a voice. But, um, we went through a couple of different scenarios. there, talking about when you are withdrawing funds from assets and the sequence of those returns, whether, whether the market is up or whether the market is down and how significant it can be when we're taking money from an account that is depreciating just like what we're experiencing right here in 2022 so far. And again, the last one on this, this page, this is the multiplier, longevity. You know, the, one of the questions that I asked, you know, of, of prospects when I'm engaging with him for the first time is, you know, describe for me, you know, what you did and, and when you were working, what you want to do in retirement. Tell me a little bit about your family, but most importantly, tell me about, you know, how long you think you're going to be needing income for when we try to figure out how long we may be alive, which is a very, very hard question to answer. Nobody knows Nobody that. Knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. Right. But in the big picture, if we think 
that we, well, well, if things go right, if I don't get, you know, taken in slip into attorney by an accident, I mean, I just live my life the way I'm programmed to live it. We could be looking at 15, 25, 30 years. Well, longevity, if, if we have longevity, we might see a few of these risks pop up every now and then. So therefore, again, it's just a matter of not trying to live in fear. We don't want to be scared. We want to be aware. And, and that's kind of the approach that we help people take. So here's a couple of things that we look at. These numbers, I just updated these just a couple of days ago. We're starting to see a shift in numbers right now. And I think the, the markets are reflecting that. Patrice, it's been a long time since I've updated these figures where CDs were paying over 2%. I mean, it, it's I, I'm all- amazed. I'm amazed. 2.8% though on a five-year? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're all giddy because, hey, it's over 2%. I'm like, wait, 2.8%. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah. I mean, for five years, yeah, what, a, what a bargain that is, right? Right. If, if we look at the average dividends, we, you look at all the different S&P holdings that pay out a dividend and you look at the average, it's not real great. It, it's pretty low right now. This one here might be for, for people to kind of look up here online. I've got the, I've got the website you know, uh, there disclosed, but Professor Robert Schiller, he's a professor of economics at Yale University. In fact, one of my previous episodes, I had Lawrence Black on and he joined me. And Lawrence and I talked a lot about the indexes that life insurance companies offer to clients inside of the fixed index world. Lawrence has actually advised Professor Robert Schiller. So what an honor it was for me to be able to interact with Lawrence and have him on. But anyway, long story short, Professor Schiller creates his own price to earnings ratio. So again, this is just one of the resources we use to kind of look at, you know, how is the market trending right now? Well, the all-time average of the ratio is usually a little over 16. The all-time high was 44.19, but look at the date. December 1999. We all, besides freaking out about Y2K, right? And, and once midnight came around and the lights were still on, we all went to bed okay. But we remember what happened with the stock market for the next three years. Right. Um, so there we are. Now here we are today. We're at 31.5. So we're closer to the all-time high than we are to the average. So again, we're not really on the right side of that current average. Let's give them the all-time low there too, or the low so far. All-time low, December of 1920 was 4.78. That was the all-time low. Wow. So again, that, that is, again, it's just kind of a, one of those ratios where we don't have to really memorize or anything like that, but just be aware that there's, there are more resources out there to kind of help us understand where the trend of the market is, is, is currently at and where it might be heading for down the road as well. I think we've all heard of Warren Buffett, the, the, the great guru when it comes to um, investing, well, he has created a ratio. And again, I've got the website there on the bottom, gurufocus.com. And you can go through and find all kinds of great information out there, especially for, for numerical nerds like myself who love diving into these figures. But big picture, he, he looks at the total market cap versus our gross domestic product. And, and he has understood that over the number of years, there is a relationship between the two. So you can kind of see that there's five different classes where that ratio can reside. So if it's less than 77%, the market is significantly undervalued, Okay, which means this is a really good time to be in the stock market. And then from there, it ranges from 77 to 99% where it's modestly undervalued. Anywhere between 99 and 121, that's kind of the sweet spot. It's, it's fairly valued. In between 121 and 143%, the market is modestly overvalued. And anything above 143, that's why we have it in red letters here, the market is significantly overvalued. Here we are today at 
Oh, wow. So we reside in that class where we are significantly overvalued. So what we're basically telling people when we share these numbers with folks is simply these three words, just proceed with caution. <laughs> because again, I don't have, if I had that crystal ball, I, I think I could make a pretty good living at renting that thing out, <laughs> but I don't, I don't have one. Right. So, so what can we do? We, we try to manage that constant battle that's in that resides within us between fear and greed. And uh, we just try to bring in a, a mathematical and an economical buffer to kind of, yes, we, we're emotional. That's what we as human beings are. And it's okay. But at the same time, we kind of want to manage our emotions if, if we can, when it comes to looking at what's going on right now in, in the markets. So this here, as we kind of transition to this, this is where we're kind of getting to the point of what we talked about earlier here on, in your intro, diversification. And we, we, sh we share this with people to help them understand that there's actually an illusion of diversification that Wall Street created. Now, they don't want us to know this. When I say they, I'm just talking about Wall Street in general. I'm talking about the professionals out there, whether you're building wealth or distributing wealth, they want you all in in the stock market. Okay. So let's look at how this breaks down. Okay. So Patrice, I've got a question for you. If I would ask you, how would you define diversification? Just thinking off the top of your head, there's no wrong answer. What does the word diversification mean to you, Patrice? Well, especially when it comes to to investing, it's you want to be in various sectors, different kinds of stocks, different, I mean, maybe stocks versus bonds versus real estate even. You want to be all over the place. Absolutely. Because in essence, diversification is supposed to keep you from experiencing what? Loss. Yep. Bingo. <laughs> Loss. That's exactly right right? That whole fear and greed type of a thing. Well, okay. So let's, let's challenge this here a little bit. If Wall Street's definition of diversification was supposed to mitigate risk and losses, and I'll apologize to everybody for doing this, but I'm going to rip the bandaid right back off again. We all remember what happened in the year 2000 through 2001 through 2002, uh -huh. where we had three consecutive years of down. We remember when 401ks became 201ks in the year 2008, when the mortgage bubble burst. Then we had a wonderful run. There was a little bit of a dip in 2018, but not, not too significant. We had a little bit of a dip, brief dip in 2020 when COVID came out. Thankfully for those people who stayed in, which was good. It was a V recovery. So we snapped back, but it was still, it's still, you know. Is that the heart, it's not the heart racing. It's okay. It sure did. And here we are current in, in, in here, early May of 2022, we're, we're currently down 16% again. So again, Wall Street says, Patrice, you want to diversify. You want to spread your risk amongst things, but we can still experience loss. And this is a very dangerous place to reside in, especially when we're in retirement and we no longer have earned income coming in. We're relying upon social security, pension, and our savings to get us through our retirement years. So taking you back a few years when you're on the playground with, with your friends, did you call this a seesaw or a teeter-totter? Seesaw. Seesaw. <laughs> I love it. Actually, that's physics, that's a fulcrum, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. Exactly right. With, with a big hand. But it's it's just interesting. I love how people, when people answer that question, they're like teeter-totter or seesaw. There's like no gray area. It's one or the other. <laughs> but just taking that very simple childhood you know, tool and applying it to what our financial household should look like, trying to keep that teeter-totter in balance, trying to keep one end from being too high than the other or too low from the other. So here's what, this is how we share this with people just to help them understand 
when you break down three different classes of holdings, we're going to use conservative, moderate, and aggressive. We've heard of that spectrum before on the, on the element of risk, right? So let's look at these. When you're looking at conservative holdings, how are these defined? Well, banks. Okay. What's, what's a bank conservative holding? We just looked at it a while ago. CDs. CDs are conservative. Insurance companies. What can we do with an insurance company? Well, there's life insurance products out there. There's fixed annuities that are out there, which is like a, a CD on steroids. Government. Big thing in the news today is I-bonds. I don't know if you're seeing these come across articles. Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking about, you know, you can put up to $10,000 into this thing. I, I, th- I think the last three conversations I've had with people, not just locally here in central Illinois, but also virtually across the country, this is gaining popularity. So people are like, hey, I've got $10,000 sitting in savings. I don't need it. So I'm going to buy an I-bond. Great. Okay. Those holdings would be classified as conservative. Now, if we look at the middle bucket, let's look at moderate holdings. Now you've got some income producing corporate bonds. Okay. That's one of the examples. Patrice, you mentioned real estate when you were defining diversification, real estate investment trusts, maybe some preferred stocks, right? Preferred stocks sometimes are not commonly known as what? The blue chips, right? Some, some good stocks out there that might pay a good dividend. And one of my favorites is the fixed index annuity. Again, that sits in the moderate bucket. And then to close it out, we can look at aggressive holdings. Now we're looking at some things that, that are more common because this is what Wall Street preaches to us. Bond funds, Mutual funds, you can throw in ETFs, you know, exchange-traded funds if you want. Variable annuities, I think we've talked about that before. We want to be very, very cautious of that product. Stocks, options, commodities. So if we, if we understand this and how our, our portfolio overall should be diversified, this is what we, what we call the true diversification model, okay? But unfortunately, like I said, the illusion of diversification was created by Wall Street. And what they did was... They created their own seesaw and they say, okay, Patrice, you're getting close to retirement. So you need to kind of get less in stocks and options and maybe more into bonds, maybe move some money over into mutual funds, maybe some variable annuities, et cetera. But on the big spectrum, look where we're still sitting. We're still sitting in the aggressive bucket. Right. And now all of a sudden, again, you bring in those years of volatility. Yes, we're diversified but are we safe at this point? Does that kind of make sense when you first see that? Yes, but I would argue that bonds and stocks should have their own seesaw, not teeter-totter, mm-hmm. because they should be balancing each other off. And yet they are both here on the aggressive side. Yep. And I love the fact you brought that up. That's, that's why we put this here. And, and here's why we put this over here. You're right. Patrice, back in the early to mid nineties, we've talked about this before. We've talked about the 4% rule. Right. We kind of refer to that. That was created where they ran thousands of simulations that said, okay, if a client is going to plan for 30 years of retirement, okay, they need 30 years of income from their investments. They should have a portfolio that's diversified, everybody's favorite word, <laughs> between 60% and some type of stock holdings and 40% in bonds right? because you're exactly right. Historically, the relationship between stocks and bonds is like brothers and sisters, water and oil, right? They don't mix, <laughs> right? <laughs> Cats and dogs, whatever the case is, right? But all of a sudden here now, look what's kind of going on. So I'm going to bring up bond funds because this is where everybody, this again, this is what we have been taught. 
So this page right here, you're looking at the Bond Fund of America. This is one of the most popular indexes that American Funds offers. And American Funds is, is in my opinion, one, one of the best investment firms out there. But you look in the lower left-hand corner of that screenshot, the one-year return. <laughs> Down more than 11%. Yes. Hmm. So once again, you're right. If the stock market's down 16, we should have a position in bonds because bonds will help offset that. Well, we're still down 11%. Yeah. So again, when, when, to your point, and I totally agree with you, this is not me trying to be, you know, you know not trying to be, you know, <laughs> trying to be argumentative or anything like that or confrontational. It's just simply bringing awareness to people say, look, this is what we've been taught for all these years. We're diversified. You could be diversified to your blue in the face, but you could still lose if we don't have funds in the, in the right spot. Because again, even though we have bond funds, the bond funds still sell on that aggressive side because we still have lost money. So here poses the question. If we look at our portfolio, according to this true diversification model, how do we get that seesaw maybe more balanced? What do we need to be doing if we have more funds in the aggressive bucket than we should? What do we have to do for, for this? I got to go get conservative. That's exactly right. We need to start maybe some moving some money out of the aggressive bucket over in a conservative moderate and bringing that scale back up. Because again, we've talked about this before, Patrice. Retirement, the distribution phase of life is not the time to be chasing yields, right? But that's, that's what we've known for decades is return on investment. The ROI is all about return on investment. It's a very hard transition to also make mentally without proper knowledge, counseling and advisement from, from a retirement income specialist to say, look, the ROI in retirement is no longer focusing on returns. Wall Street wants you to be there, right? But it's all about reliability of income. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, this is how we help people understand how to create the ideal financial household, okay? Now, again, I'm not a handyman. I'm not a general contractor. Nobody wants to, me to build anything for them, okay? However, I do know that portfolio, right? I knew I can't, I can't build a portfolio. Okay. But I know enough about building something that you don't start with the walls and the roof. You start with the foundation. So again, just applying this to a financial household, we want to build our financial household on a, a foundation of true diversification, making sure that we have our assets properly allocated according to those three classes. And then once we have that foundation built, now we can start building the walls of our financial household. Now we can look at taxes and RMDs, right? We've talked about this before. We'll probably get into taxes again in future episodes. But, you know, as we age, as we put another candle on that birthday cake and we get closer to 72 and we now have to start taking money out of tax deferred accounts, what's the most advantageous way in which to take those withdrawals? Should I convert to Roth? I'm starting to see articles right now that are saying, well, since the market's down, and your tax def you know, deferred account is down 15% right now, now might, might not be a bad time to convert to Roth. Yeah, it, maybe it will be because you're losing money. So, right, take convert the funds out of it, pay the taxes on it, convert them to Roth. Might be, it might be a good time for that. Lifetime income. You've heard me say this so many times on previous episodes, and I'll still continue to say it. This is what fuels retirement. It's about reliability of income. We have to have income and re multiple resources of income that we can ever outlive. And then the last wall that we build for our house, the fourth wall, is what happens if we incur expenses that Medicare doesn't cover? What happens if 
we go, we're in retirement with our spouse and that spouse passes away. And now we're going to be in retirement all by ourselves. We call that survivorship. You know, the, the lower of the two social security benefits goes away with the passing of the first spouse. So let's just say that's $1,500 a month. Well, where are we going to get an extra $18,000 a year to offset that loss of that, of that income source? Because that's a, that's a very, very significant um, challenge that retirees will face. Then once we have the walls built, now we can put the roof on top of that house, which is what we call your legacy. And when I define legacy or, or I ask people, you know, how do you define legacy? You know, do you want to leave money for the kids or do you want to leave debt for the kids? Do you want to leave more to the IRS or more to your family? We're all going to leave a legacy when we slip into eternity. What we do now, how we build the foundation, how we build the walls will pretty much dictate what our legacy for our family will look like when we leave. That's pretty sobering, Tim. That's all I can say right now. I'm looking at this going, yeah, and especially you talked about survivorship, but let's also talk about LTC, long-term care. Yep. If you incur an illness or your spouse does, the costs can wipe you out. Yep. That, that is one of the things that um, I don't know if we've gone through. I think that'll have to be an episode. We'll have to walk you through what I share with, with prospects and what I use with current clients when we use the software, the, the, the retirement income software that I use at provides different charts. And obviously the, the main chart that we look at is retirement, right? That's the crown jewel where you show us, it shows us line by line, year by year, our sources of income, our expenses, and our overall retirement assets. And then I always warn everybody, I say, look, you're going to describe retirement to me where you're describing it with blue skies, unicorns, rainbows, pots of gold, right? Everything is utopia. It's, everything's perfect. Well, again, I'm going to bring the storm clouds in. And a couple of pages back in that analysis will be long-term care at the top of the page. And now I'm saying, okay, John, okay, Jane, John, if you get sick and now Jane needs to take care of you, what does this look like? If she's not unable to take care of you like you need, and all of a sudden now it's going to cost you a few extra hundred dollars a day for care, whether you're getting in-home health care or you're going to a facility, for example. Patrice, to your point, those expenses can deplete an, an, an asset very, very quickly. And that's usually what, what causes people to lose their overall retirement plan is not hedging against that. All right. Give me some other good news, Tim. <laughs> okay. Well, the good news of it is um, <laughs> from this standpoint here is, is this is the question that we kind of use. We, we kind of close with a couple of questions here um, with, with conversations. So, you know, I just put this back on somebody. This is not, again, meant to <laughs> make somebody depressed <laughs> or frustrated it's from the standpoint of, look, we need to be aware. I, I learned a long time ago that an informed client is a happy client. And I've had clients <laughs> ask me, a few, few of them actually asked me, so how long did you teach school before you got in this business? I'm like, <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful compliment. I never taught. Um, I, I guess I'm teaching now by, by profession as being an income planner. But th the question I put back on everybody is, you know, what is the correct allocation which aligns your personal and your financial goals. What do you want retirement to look like? And where should your assets be held to fund that ideal um, retirement lifestyle? And again, the bigger question is putting it back on them. How are you, Y-O-U, going to fix this? And that's, that's usually the question that we leave for people. Because again, it's, it's from the standpoint of them needing, to, they need to understand what Wall Street is not sharing. We're only getting half the story. And that's why not only did I want to talk about this subject with you here today, but I also have here in central Illinois, my 60 second radio ad just constantly repeating itself, talking about 
well, you know, here I am as an investor or a retiree, I'm diversified, but I'm still losing money. Why is that? I'm doing what I've been told to do, but I'm still losing money. I can't afford to lose money when I'm taking funds out of the savings, the assets that I worked and saved and sacrificed for decades to fund this retirement. It has to be more than just diversification. There has to be elements of safety. And that's brought on by creating that model of true diversification. Tim, how can people reach you? We've got a uh, slide up here, but how can people who are listening to the podcast reach <laughs> you? Because boy, I'm sure there are a lot of people who want more on this. I, I sure hope. I mean, because again, we, we are here to help people avoid taking unnecessary risk. We're help, able to help them educate um, and counsel and advise and just share information with them that they may not have heard. I, I, I literally had a conversation with a lady in another state last night and she says, why has nobody ever told me this before, Tim? I, I wish I knew how to answer that question, but I told her, I said, well, at least we can be thankful that you're hearing about it now while she's still four years away from her targeted retirement date. So hopefully that'll give her an opportunity to make some changes, but but people can reach me a couple different ways. Uh, my phone number is area code 309-291-0491. They can reach me through email, which is tim at thewhistleragency.com. And again, there's no T in Whistler. And they can simply go to our website, which is www.thewhistleragency.com. All right, Tim, wonderful information. And I thank you very much for that. Everyone else, follow this podcast for more of Tim's insights into diversification, markets, and retirement. Contact him, and please share this information with others. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth LLC. This podcast is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. Pursuant to IRS Circular 230, it is not intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. For insurance products discussed, guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company.